John Podesta served as White House Chief of Staff under President Bill Clinton and as Counselor to President Barack Obama. Now he's an advisor to Climate Power. That's a grassroots group that's seeking to change the politics of climate change. Mr. Podesta, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me on, David. It's my pleasure. And the U.S. Senate this week uh, approved a a trillion-dollar infrastructure bill that they've been working on for quite a while. How does this bill help you to combat climate change? Well, look, I think it's a very important bill uh, to update our our really aging infrastructure. It has some elements that will uh, help in the battle against climate change. Uh, there's a lot of money in uh, for resilience. There are other very important investments, uh, including uh, funding for the Gateway Project that New Jersey uh, citizens will uh, you know, be concerned about. There's money for uh, transit. Uh, which will help in the fight against climate change for electric charging. Uh, but the big uh, emission reduction investments uh, remain to be uh, considered by the Senate through the budget and the so-called budget uh, re- the resolution that's now uh, being considered by the Senate. And with... With earlier this week, 19 Republican senators voted for that bill. Does does that mean, does that show you that some Republicans are, are ready to acknowledge that there is a climate change crisis? Well, I think it at least shows, yes. Uh, what we see all around us in the extreme weather we're feeling in the United States, the fires and drought in the West, uh, flooding in the upper Midwest and, and on the East Coast, uh, the upcoming hurricane season, I think there's at least some grounding in reality now that we got to do something about it. Uh, it still remains um, not so much with the public, but with with politicians, uh, an issue that divides uh, political leaders in in uh, in Washington at least. And that's why I think these other big investments that have been proposed by uh, President Biden through this Build Back Better agenda that will reduce emissions from the power sector, from uh, really moving the uh, country forward on uh, electric vehicles and, and uh, the, the need to reduce emissions from the transportation sector. Those still remain largely uh, supported by Democrats. And I think what we can anticipate uh, uh, this September is in both the House and the Senate, you'll see those bills passed uh, if they uh, get agreement uh, with Democratic votes only. And earlier this week, Climate Power released a poll. It said that three out of four voters back the, the reconciliation package. How, how much of this, in, in your view, is, is support for clean energy and, and environmental justice? And, and how much is, is about just the need to create jobs right now? Well, you know, I think it's both. I think that we saw that coming out of the COVID crisis that we have a big, still have a big job gap. The economy is p- picking up steam. Uh, there are the jobs report uh, this month was was good, really solid, really across the board. Uh, but there's still a big gap between the jobs that existed uh, before COVID and uh, what we have today. So uh, it's critical, I think, that the federal government support 
um, not just the job creation itself, but doing it in a way that's building for the future, uh, that's uh, creating innovation in the economy, that's supporting uh, both small business and people getting back to work doing essential work that needs to get done. Uh, and that begins and starts with uh, this work to uh, battle the climate crisis. The IPCC uh, reported uh, this week uh, that, you know, we're in serious danger. The uh, U.N. Secretary General called it code red for humanity. Um, and uh, when we look out 10 years, uh, 20 years, 30 years, not some distant future, but the, uh, that uh, the world that our children and grandchildren are going to live in, uh, what, what uh, this looks like is a complete uh, going from disaster that we're experiencing today uh, to apocalypse uh, if we don't get our act together uh, and do what uh, the scientific community has consensus on, that we have to reduce emissions. Uh, and that begins, uh, I think, with the investments that are uh, have been proposed by the president uh, and will be acted on by the Congress. And I'm speaking with former White House Chief of Staff John Podesta about climate change issues. Mr. Podesta, uh, earlier this week, Congressman Bill Pascrell, who, who I know you know well, is demanding. He's a good friend, uh, and he's he's demanding a clean energy that clean energy tax incentives be included in the infrastructure package. Uh, do you, do you worry that? when this goes to the House, that it, it might get so complicated of people trying to get things in and take things out that that, that this will be hard to actually get, get this package passed? Well, look, I mean, I think that uh, what we've seen going on in Congress this summer has not been exactly what we, you know, learned in uh, in, in, you know, I'm pretty old, but uh, at least in my era in, in uh, taking U.S. history classes uh, in grammar school and high school, I mean, there was a, a decision made to go on a two-track stra- two strategy. Uh, one, uh, this bipartisan infrastructure bill, which has very important components, as I noted. And secondly, uh, because they knew there wasn't support for this massive investment in clean energy to try to use this process called budget reconciliation. And so I think Congressman Pascrell will have his shot at this, but it's going to be in that reconciliation bill. And perhaps there's nothing more important that's been proposed in terms of getting emissions reduced and beginning to solve this climate crisis than the clean energy tax credits that he's uh, uh, talking about. Uh, We have worked with a premier uh, analytic firm uh, called Rhodium uh, Group, uh, and they have found that the tax credits alone will reduce uh, emissions from the power sector by 76% by 2030. And that it is accompanied by major reductions in traditional pollutants like uh, uh, sulfur dioxide and, and uh, nitrogen oxide. So when it comes to people's health right now, uh, you'll see massive reductions in air pollution, improvements in the quality of public health, and again, putting people to work. That's, I think, why, for example, Governor Murphy has put so much uh, emphasis on building offshore wind uh, in New Jersey. It has the attribute of creating a whole industry and creating the skills that are necessary to have U.S. 
manufactured and uh, built uh, offshore wind, but it also immediately reduces, helps to reduce pollution that causes so much asthma and so much health disparity that we saw during the COVID crisis. And Governor Murphy signed a bill this summer. He, it was, uh, it's a new law that prevents local governments from blocking buried transmission lines for offshore wind. Is, is this good politics in an election year for him? Well, look, I think it's a necessary policy, and so he'll have to explain that. Uh, but um, uh, I've also seen polling uh, that uh, indicated, New Jersey-specific polling, that there's very, very substantial supermajority support. I think 82% of New Jersey voters uh, support uh, the development of the offshore wind um, uh, industry, uh, and a, a couple of projects this year have been uh permitted um and so i think we're seeing with whether it's atlantic shores ocean wind two we're seeing interest in those projects because i think they can provide good paying union jobs that are you know uh family supporting uh and um and they'll as i said they'll they'll also have the effect of reducing air pollution that you know uh is a problem for both the young and the old, for for uh, kids trying to learn and for uh, seniors like myself who are just trying to get by. And I think that, uh, so I, I think you have to put the policy in place to ensure that that uh, occurs. And, and so, you know, he'll have to explain that to voters who might question whether there should be more local autonomy. But in the end of the day, if it's if it's buried cable, uh, it seems to me that the state as a whole is going to benefit. And uh, w- we've got a tremendous problem, I think, as you would agree, David, in terms of permitting uh, the infrastructure that the country needs. Uh, it takes too long. Uh, it's too complicated. And I think he's probably just trying to cut through some of that. And, and I'm speaking about climate change issues with the former White House Chief of Staff, John Podesta. I, I want to ask you about how, how important is it about the role of ro- local government officials as they seek to establish renewable energy programs? Well, um, I'd, uh, I'd say a couple of things. One is after uh, President Trump decided to pull out of Paris, you saw this burst of energy by uh, states and cities, and particularly in cities, to say, we're still in. We're going to still try to meet uh, the climate targets that President Obama set out in Paris. And indeed, we're on track to actually meet those. we got to do a lot better than that, but we're on track to, to, to meet those. Uh, and that was the result of a lot of work uh, by cities who pledged to change the way uh, their uh, energy infrastructure works uh, invest in more transit, more livable cities, etc. But the other place where local governments play an enormous role uh, is in energy efficiency uh, and the ability uh, to use often federal dollars, but in smart ways that reduce consumer bills, create a more efficient system, uh, and overall reduce the use of of uh, uh, electricity to to heat and cool cool our buildings and our homes, and uh, we've seen tremendous progress in cities that have taken that on. Uh, and now I think you've got a supportive federal government with a with a, a, 
a, a president who's called for that in federal buildings, which is significant. Uh, but uh, one of the things that uh, I'm working on is an initiative for uh, carbon-free and healthy schools that has a broad coalition of support um, that um, uh, is uh, between um, teachers, parents, students, uh, workers uh, to, to uh, clean up schools, clean up the HVAC systems. It'll help on the public health front, but it'll also reduce emissions. And that's an enormous, uh, uh, the public school systems in the United States are enormous users uh, of electricity. So I, I think that really takes local leadership, uh, leadership by cities and counties, uh, to get a plan, to get those investment goings, to tap the federal uh, dollars that are available to them, uh, and to build a better future. I understand. And John Podesta, former White House Chief of Staff, thank you so much for joining me today. You, you have created a, a lot of interest in, in some of these issues that are, that are important to New Jersey and, and will likely be a, an issue in this upcoming campaign. Great, David. Thanks for covering it. Thank you very much.